0: Thank you for subscribing to the Parkway Fellowship podcast. Parkway Fellowship, commonly referred to as the park, is a purpose-driven church in Katy, Texas, recognized for its innovation and rapid growth. Designed for the person who might not be used to attending church, the park, one of the only purpose-driven churches in the area, has quickly become one of the most popular West Houston churches for people new to their faith, to church, or to living in the Katy area. It is our prayer that God changes your life through this message from Senior Pastor Mike McGowan. Good morning.
1: My name is Mike McGowan. the pastor here at Parkway Fellowship. Really glad you are here today. Because like Pastor Adam said, we are wrapping up um, the fourth message in this series called Carry the Cross. And honestly, this has been another awesome week of people coming up and carrying the cross up here at the church. And so look, I want to challenge you this week, just like I've challenged you every week during this series. Make a commitment to come up and carry the cross. This is the last week. This is the last chance for you to come up and carry the cross. Immediately after the third service today, all five of these crosses, there's three adult size and two kid size, they're going to be out here, not in the grass, but we're going to cone off a part of the parking lot, and they're going to be in the parking lot. They're not going to be in the grass because this week we start construction on our building and parking lot. Yeah! That's right. It's going to be awesome. And we need it so bad. So, anyway. Um, It's going to be great. And look, the idea is, is that when you come up to carry the cross, you come up and you say, okay, God, show me what you want to show me about what it means to carry the cross. Maybe about what it meant when Jesus was carrying the cross. And then you pick up the cross out of its stand and you carry it. You need to carry it like this or like this or however you want to carry it. And then you carry it to another identical stand that is 40 yards away. And it's in that 40-yard journey that you let God speak to you. And there's been a lot of people that have come carried the cross. And, and, and after they do, we've got some Sharpies out there laying on the ground. They, they write on the cross what got some things that God showed them. Let me, let me read a few of these to you. Let me read one of these that's on the base of one of the kid crosses. It says, uh, um, through all these days, I have carried the cross. I've had fun praying for God um, and through this week, in Jesus' name, amen. P.S. God, you rock. It's awesome. I love how kids do it. It's fantastic. And then there was a couple on this, this cross that I wanted to read to you um, this morning. It says this. It says, um, He carried the burdens of the world. All his of all for all his children. Um, how can we complain of just ours? You are my father forever. Thank you, is not enough. So I made the choice to ask for forgiveness and for you to come into my heart. I became a Christ follower. And then signed her initials. How awesome is that? How cool is that? Just by carrying a cross, okay? Um, here, let me show this one to you. Here's one. This experience has really opened the eyes of my heart to become a man, father and husband of courage. I will answer the call. How cool is that? That's huge. And then, um, here, there's, there's one up here. I have to stand up here, I can't read it. Okay. Get this Father, I turn the sin of pornography over to you. If you can bear the cross, I can overcome my sinful flesh. Forgive me. That's awesome. Isn't that huge? Isn't that great? I mean, I remember this week when I was coming up, when I was up here carrying the cross, uh, I, remember, I remember one of the days that I carried it, um, literally I took two steps. And I thought about what it must have been like for Jesus when he took his first two steps when he was carrying the cross. And, and I thought how hard that must have been for him because, I mean, he had been beaten, he had been whipped, he had had his beard pulled out. I mean, people had hit him in the face. He had had a crown of thorns, you know, pushed down on his head. I mean, it must have been excruciatingly painful. But yet, he kept on anyway. And then the Lord brought this verse to my mind. I wanted to share it with you. In fact, it was so good, I, I put it in your bulletin there. So, um, look at it. It's in Hebrews chapter 12. It says this. It says, let it, this is what the Lord reminded me of this verse. It says, let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, Who, and I want you to underline this, for the joy set before him endured the cross. And it was at that point I realized that as painful as it was, as painful as it was about to be for Jesus, he kept going because of the joy set before him. And that's not the joy of being crucified. It was the joy of knowing that he was providing a way for me to go to heaven when I die. It was the joy of knowing that he was providing a way for all of us to go to heaven when we die. That was the joy. And that helped him to keep going. I just sat there and I just thanked the Lord for it. You, you know, and, and it also reminded me. It made me think about how I need to be sharing my faith, and I need to be inviting people to church so that they can hear about Christ and about what he did for them. Uh, you know, I mean, you might not realize this about me, but uh, here's the truth. It's really doesn't, it really just doesn't come that naturally for me to share my faith or to invite people to church. I mean, that's just not, the, it's just not natural for me. What I'd really rather do is I'd rather sit and talk to people who are already Christ followers and Figure out what they're learning about the Bible and share with them what I'm learning and, you know, go a little bit deeper and kind of do that kind of thing. That That's my natural bent. But I know that part of carrying the cross for me is that I need to tell people about Christ. I need to invite them to church, whether it comes naturally for me or not. yeah, You know? And that brings us to our topic today. Because... Maybe you're a little bit like me. Maybe sharing Christ or talking about Christ with other people, maybe that doesn't come all that naturally for you. No, if it, look, if it doesn't come naturally for you, that's okay. But it doesn't mean that we're exempt from sharing his message. It just means that we have to be a little bit more deliberate and intentional about making that happen. I mean, that, that's all it means, It means that if we're going to carry our cross, we got to do it more than just coming up to church and carrying it. We have to carry it as a lifestyle. And as a lifestyle, we have to be able to go out into the world and share his message. Talk about Christ. Invite people to church where they can hear about Christ. Look, it, it... if that doesn't come naturally for you, I understand. Believe me, I understand. And so if it doesn't come that naturally for you, how can you share his message? How can you do that in some very practical ways? Well, I've listed two very big practical ways that I have learned, two tips that i picked up over the years. Uh, let's, they're in your bulletin, so let's, this is your first film of the morning. If sharing about Christ doesn't come naturally, how can you still share his message? Here's the first thing you can do, and that's this. Make opportunities to share about Christ. Make opportunities. you got to make opportunities to share about Christ. Now, we're going to read four verses right in a row. As we read these four verses, I want you to be asking yourself, are these verses about making opportunities to share, or are they about waiting for opportunities to share? Look at them. They're right there in your bulletin. Luke 19.10. For the Son of Man came to seek... And to save what was lost. Luke 10 42. He told them, The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. Matthew 4:17. From then on, Jesus began to preach: Turn from your sins and turn to God, because the kingdom of heaven is near. Matthew 28:19. Go then to all peoples everywhere. And make them my disciples. Look, I mean, it's clear. Look, these verses are about making opportunities to happen. They're not about waiting for opportunities to happen. I mean, in these verses, I mean, Jesus came to seek people who were lost. Workers were to go out into the harvest field. I mean, they weren't like to sit at the barn and wait for the harvest to come to them. That didn't make any sense. Jesus himself, Went out to preach and told people, turn to God. Turn from your evil ways. I mean, Jesus went out and he made those opportunities happen. And then he tells us in that last verse, he says, go. Go out into all the world and tell people about Christ. God doesn't want us to wait for opportunities. He wants us to make opportunities. Four years ago. I challenged our staff to invite at least two people a week to church, and we all did it, me included, and you had to come to staff meeting on Monday morning and report how many people you invited to church from that previous that previous week and uh, we kept a list and we we tracked the numbers and if you said zero, well like you had in front of everybody, you had to like say why you hadn't invited anybody to church that week well. I'll be honest that like that built-in accountability like every week like That made us go out and make opportunities to share. I mean, it really did Uh, me, Me included. Um, and it became easier and easier and easier as we went so much so that, you know Pretty soon if you had only invited two people a week, it was like You only invited two people to church this week like like what happened something something went wrong and uh it mean, It's really been amazing, and the more we have done it, it has made it easier and easier and easier, and it has made it feel more natural to go out and just invite people to come to church, because we know when they come here, they're going to hear about Christ. So much so that, get this, of the nine pastors we have on this staff, full and part-time, of the nine people we have on the staff, we average... 198 invitations a week to church. We average 198 people invited to church every week, just the nine of us. I know, isn't that cool? That's awesome. That said, get this. There are five invite cards in your seat. Cinco, okay? Five, for all you like English people out there. Five invite cards in your seat. Would you make a commitment this week to invite five people to come to church next week? Just five. Just five. Now, most people think um, that, you know, it's hard. Or, no, I don't know. I just don't come in contact with that many people every week. Oh, yeah, you do. You come into contact with way more people than you think. I mean, think think about it. The waiter... That's gonna, you know, serve you at lunch today, the 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 clerk at the at the at the drive through, your checker at the grocery store, the teller at the bank, the pharmacist, people, uh, other parents that are on your kids' ball team. You come into contact with an an awful lot of people. And look, using these little invite cards makes it so easy. Because here's what you do. You just take a card. Let's say it's your waiter. And at the end of the meal, when he brings you the ticket, he says, hey, you say, hey, you know what? Man, you did such a great job serving me this week or today. You did such a great job serving me today. I want to do something for you. I want to invite you to come to my church on Sunday. We're kicking off a brand new series this next week. I think that you would love it. Here's an invitation. I hope to see you there. That's all you got to do. That's it. So easy. Now look, let me get this. Don't leave this as your tip. If it's your waiter. Okay. If you do that, he'll never come. He's like, man, a bunch of cheapskates at that church. No way I'm going there. So don't do that. You know, or, or, or maybe it's a parent on your kid's ball team. You just say, maybe you're sitting in the stands. Just say, Hey, you know what? You know, uh, funny thing, our church is starting a brand new series this next week. Um, here's a little invitation. I'd love to see you come. Why don't you go to the website, read more about it, and I hope, hope we'll see you there. Just something real simple, real easy like that. You never know what God's going to do with one of these cards. True story. This week, Jenny Jones, uh, our children's pastor, came to me and said, oh, hey, Mike, I got a story about these, connect, these little cards. Um, I went up to the, uh, the customer service deal at this uh, counter at Walmart, and uh, I... Just invited the lady who's the customer service person at Walmart, and the lady and the lady said, "Well, you're the second person that's handed me a card. I get all right, God. I guess I should go." And, and, and Jenny said, "Really? Well, who invited?" She's like, "Well, I'm not sure, but I think it was the pastor. Kind of short, little guy, bald spot right here. It's like, yeah, that's him. That's him. And get this, get this. She and her son." Now, come to church here. You never know what God's gonna do with something simple like this. So, but it doesn't happen if you don't make opportunities. Don't wait for them to come to you, you gotta make them. All right, here's the second thing that you need to do. Here's the second thing. Second thing is this be part of a strategic effort to win people to Christ. You gotta be part of a strategic effort to win people. To Christ, You know, most people, they think about Jesus, they think about him as like this long-haired dude in a white tunic that just kind of walked around and telling parables and good stories to people. I mean, they think he's like some sort of divine hippie, you know, walking around. That's not the case at all. Jesus was extremely strategic in reaching out to people. Look at these next two verses that I've got printed there for you in your, in your bulletin. Look at this. In Luke 1, it says, after this, the Lord, this is Jesus, appointed 72 others and sent them out, sent them two by two ahead of him to every town and place where he was about to go. Look, here's what Jesus did. He said, instead of just like showing up into a town unannounced where people weren't expecting him, Jesus took 72 disciples. He knew exactly where he was going. He had his, he had it all mapped out. And so he sent people two by two to each town to kind of get them all ready. So that when he showed up, they were ready to hear what he had to say. Extremely strategic. And he sent them out two by two so that one person wouldn't get discouraged and give up. They had some mutual accountability as well as they could encourage one another. And at the end of the whole thing, look what the result was. In verse 17. The 72 returned with joy and said, Lord... Even the demons submit to us in your name. Uh, Jesus was extremely strategic about reaching people for Christ. Look, if you are going to carry the cross, if you're going to carry the cross, you have to be a person that's willing to share his message. And one of the easiest ways to do that is to be strategic. Because look, God wants to use you to reach other people for Christ. God wants to use you to reach other people for Christ. You know what? There is going to be someone who's going to come to church next week for the first time because someone in this service invited them. And that person is going to accept Christ. It's going to happen, I promise you. And maybe that person that invited them is going to be you. That person could be you. I'm telling you, if you let God use you to invite other people to church, to share about Christ, or invite them to a place where they're going to hear about Christ, man, God is going to use you to reach other people for Jesus just by doing something strategic and like inviting them. You know, carrying the cross means that we share His message. And when we share His message, I'm telling you, God uses it to reach people for Christ. And that is one of the greatest things that you could ever do as a Christ follower, is allow God to use you to reach someone else for Jesus. So one of the greatest things that you could ever do with your life. So, well, how? I mean, how do you do it, and how do you do that strategically? Well, let me tell you four things that we do here at the park as part of a strategic effort to reach people for Christ. These are four things that you can be a part of. Here's the first one. That's this. Leverage an appealing sermon series at the right time. Leverage an appealing sermon series at the right time. You know, might not be aware of this, but there are three times a year when people are more open to an invitation to come to church than they are at any other time of the year. They're just more open to it. One of them is at Easter time. The other is um, in September, about a month after school, talk, school starts. And the other is about the second, third week of February, about a month after school starts. Well, that ideal Sunday is next Sunday. And during each of these, um, these key dates when people are more available, we always do a series That would be very appealing to someone who is not a Christ follower or has never been to church in their lives. Now look, oftentimes, almost all the time, the series is also extremely appealing to people who are already Christ followers. Like next week, we're starting a series called Puzzled by the Bible. Because most people out in the world, even the non-churchy people, they, they all, almost everybody would agree that, you know what? My life would probably be better off if I could read the if I read the Bible more. Or if I read the Bible at all. But the truth is, I don't understand it. I don't know where to start. And it makes no sense to me. I don't even know how I can apply it to my life. In fact, I'm not even totally sure if the Bible is real. How do I know it's not just a collection of fables and stories? Well, look, this next series, we're going to talk about all of that. We're going to talk about where did the Bible come from? How did we get it? How do I read it so I can understand it? How can I apply it? When I do read it, how can I get the most out of it? How can I get into a regular habit of reading it consistently, consistently, consistently so that my life is better off? We're going to do all of that in this next series. And it's going to be incredible. In fact, even the person that is a skeptic will be, I promise you, will be so intrigued by this series that they're going to want to come back again and again. It is going to be that amazing. God's going to use it in powerful ways. So listen, you need to utilize these strategic, appealing sermon series as a part of your effort to reach people for Christ. Next week is one of those weeks. That's why we're handing you the invite cards to use. Make sense? Okay. Here's the second thing you can do. Use 20 door hangers to invite 20 families. Outside, on your way out, there are these... Paper bags like this. Inside the paper bag, there are 20 invite cards to the series. There's 20 little plastic uh, door hanger bags. And also either 20 packs of mints or 20 packs of single serve coffee. Just, you know, depends on which kind of bag you get. What What we want you to do is, since there's 20 of everything in here, we want you to assemble all of that into one little door packet and then walk around your neighborhood this afternoon and hang it on 20 doors. That's it. And listen, if you do that, you're inviting 20 families, not 20 people. I mean, you could literally be inviting 20, uh, I mean, by inviting 20 families, you can be inviting like 60, 80, maybe even hundred people by doing something just that simple. So easy. And so I want you to do it this afternoon, or, if, or maybe if you've got Super Bowl plans, then you can't do it this afternoon. It's fine. Do it tomorrow afternoon, but don't wait till the end of the week. Do it today or tomorrow for sure. And look, you don't even have to talk to anybody. All you got to do is assemble the bag and hang it on their door. Okay? Now, resist the temptation to ring the bell and run. Okay? (laughs) I know some of your backgrounds. You will will have to resist temptation. But I'm telling you, it is such an easy and strategic way to just get the word out. And you never know what God's going to do. All right, here's the third thing you can do. Here's the third. Third thing is this. Move out of the 10.15 a.m. service for a while. Now, look, I know that you're at the 9 o'clock service, but I do know that there's some of you that are like, oh, I came at 9 o'clock today because it was a baby dedication, or, oh, my goodness, we have other plans, and so I'm here, but I normally go to the 10.15. Look, stay out of the 10.15 service. The 10.15 service um, is extremely crowded, and here's why. It's because, you know, the 9 o'clock service for, like, the, the, the first-time person is like, well, that's a little early. 11.30 is a little bit late, but, oh, 10.15? That's just right. And so people who visit for the very first time, they show up at 1015. And then after a couple of months, then they kind of settle in and figure out where they're really going to go. And a lot of those people will change services at some point. Um, so until, and, and, until the end of May, I would like you to stay out of the 1015 service. Okay? And I say the end of May because, look, this next series, we're going to have a lot of first-time guests. A lot of them are going to want to come to that 1015 service. So we need to make room for them so they can hear about Christ. But I want you to actually keep that commitment until May because, look, it'll take a couple months for them to get settled in. And then on April 8th, it's Easter, which is another huge day. So stay out of the 1015 service then too and give those people a couple of months. Give, give, give those – did, did I say something wrong? Okay. <laughs> give them a couple of months to settle in. And then after May's over, beginning of June, then you can come back to the 1015 if you want to. That's perfectly fine. Okay? But stay out until then, alright? And in in September, in September, we'll have our new building built and this wall will be pushed back and we'll have another two hundred seats and there's will be plenty of room for everybody. That'd be great. That's gonna be awesome. Okay? Alright. Here's the fourth thing. We'll wrap it up with this. Here's this one. Sit front and middle. Sit front and middle. Alright, check this out. Thanks, Pat. All right, check it out. Here's what I want you to do. Look around the room right now, and I want you to take it in your mind. Guess how many empty seats are in this room right now. Everybody, look around. How many empty seats do you think are in this room? I'll give you a hint. There's 600. Don't, don't call it out loud. This is not like guess time. Um, there's 606 chairs in this room, 606. Just look around. Guess how many chairs you think are empty. Got the number? Here, let me tell you. Right now, the, right now there are 358 people in this room means that there's 248 empty seats yeah that's probably a lot more than you thought and here is why when people sit down when they sit they all sit down and they 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 usually leave a seat open next to them because you're like i don't want to like sit right next to somebody you know (laughs) And then when those people sit down, they leave another little buffer seat. Like, I don't want to sit next to that person either. So so here's the deal. You know, they're like, there's an open seat here. There's an open seat there. You know, here's a seat, there's a seat. But nowhere is there a seat, seat, seat. You know, that kind of thing. (laughs) So, So here's what we want you to do. In order for us to maximize places in this room, when you come and sit down, just move to the middle and... Move towards the front. You don't necessarily have to sit on the front row. Brave people sit on the front row because I do spray a little. But, um, <laughs> but at least move closer to the front. okay? And listen, what that does is that creates room on the edges for people who are walking in late and trying to find a seat. And they don't have to go through those awkward moments of, oh my goodness, where was that? And then, oh, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me, pardon me, excuse me, excuse me, and trying to get across. So look. If you want other people to come to Christ, help take those awkward moments out. When you come in, sit towards the middle and move towards the front. It's part of a strategic effort to reach people for Christ. Look, God wants to use you to reach people for Christ. To do that, you have to make some opportunities. You can't wait for them to come to you. And the second thing is... You need to be a part of a strategic effort to make it happen. Be part of Parkway Fellowship's strategic effort to reach people for Christ. There are four very simple ways that you can do that starting today. Because look, Jesus doesn't want you to just come carry your cross up on the lawn. He wants you to carry your cross as a way of living. Because he carried the cross to reach people. And he wants to use you to do the same. That is what it means To carry the cross. All right. Pull out your connection card. Hold it next to your message notes. On the card and on the notes. I want you to check the next step or steps that you are willing to take today. You're going to turn this in. We're going to pray for everybody that turns in a card. But you're going to keep your notes so you can remember what you committed to. Maybe it's this first next step. I will make opportunities by using the cards to invite five friends to church this week. Would you promise to do that? Look, if there's an empty seat beside you, maybe take a, a second pack of cards. Maybe invite 10. Well, I mean, whatever God tells us. How about this one? I'll pass out 20 door hangers after church today. Would you take a bag? And look, if you think, man, I'm telling you this is so, this is a piece of cake. I, I'd encourage you, if you can, take two bags. Double it up. Invite 40 families. Who, I mean, that could be almost 200 people. This one. How about this one? I commit to come either to the 9 o'clock or 1130 service until the end of May. Would you make that commitment? Hopefully that will be easy for a lot of people in the 9 o'clock service, okay? When I come, when I come, I will sit closer to the front and more toward the middle in order to make room for those who don't know Christ. Would you make that commitment, please? Please, would you make that commitment? I want to become a Christ follower for the first time in my life. Look, maybe you have never actually prayed a prayer to become a Christ follower yourself. and Maybe you've been thinking about it for weeks since we started this series. If that's you, look, there's a sample prayer on how to become a Christ follower. It's at the bottom of your message notes. If you've never prayed a prayer like that, would you pray it right now where you sit? Pray it right now. But check that box, because we want to mail you some additional materials in the mail. I also want you, on your way out, um, just before you exit the door, there's a little basket with, uh, uh, on a table. It says, New Believers Packet. Grab one of those on your way out. It's got some free materials to help you get started. I maybe this last one. I commit to come carry the cross at least three times this week or daily this week. Circle either three times or daily. Look, this is the last week. Don't miss out. It has been awesome. Everybody else I've talked to has been blown away by it. Let me pray for you as Pat and the worship team come up. Lord, I thank you for this message. God, I thank you for, God, I thank you for the power of the cross. Lord, I thank you that it calls us to make opportunities and not just sit around and wait. I also thank you, Lord, that you want us to be strategic about reaching people in your name and not just accidental. So, Lord, I ask you that you would help every single person in this room to be strategic this week in one way or multiple ways. And you would use us this week to change people's lives next week and ask you to do it for your glory. In Jesus' name I pray.
0: Thank you for taking the time to listen to this message. Our prayer is that God has given you at least one next step to take today in your walk with Christ. For more information about Parkway Fellowship or to contact us, visit www.parkwayfellowship.com. To talk with a pastor about becoming a Christ follower for the first time, you can call our offices at 832-222-9282.